You're listening to the NYY Sports Talk podcast hosted by Christian and Chris. Head to nyysportstalk.com to subscribe to the show and check out the fan shop so you can swag up on great NYYST apparel. Stay on top of all the latest with the New York Yankees, including breaking news, in-game updates, and incredible fan giveaways by following on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. It's now time to talk Yankees baseball. Welcome back. This is episode 59 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by BrandonRendiniFitness.com. BrandonRendiniFitness.com. We're lifestyle and fitness. They go hand in hand. Do they? <laughs> I'm your host, Christian. As always, joined by my co-host, Chris. You! And Drunk Guy Rye. What up? <laughs> little buzz. This is going to have a different feel to it than almost any other pod that we've done before. It's 11.30. I'm the only one who's awake right now. Saturday night. Uh, we're doing this for many different reasons, mainly because I'm going on vacation in the morning, and we have to do our first half wrap-up show together. Next year at this time, I thought I was going to be coming on vacation with you, but Bryce Harper's really let me down right now. No, you were going on the second shorter trip. This is the This is the longer trip. There was a stipulation, though, that would have brought me on both. I think it... What was it? That if he got... 500 million. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. I think now. I'm developing the spins as we speak. <laughs> All right, can you leave then? Can you go sit outside? Uh, we might have a problem. Uh, so, our goal for this show, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're going to talk about the last few games, and we want to try and somewhat recap... The first half of the season. Is that fair? It's foul. It's foul. It could get foul. Uh, we weren't able, we, you know, we, this is why I hate making plans and breaking things down because shit happens. Uh, we weren't able to get together Thursday to do a pod for the, you know, wrap up the Baltimore series. The only thing I'm going to say about that is I think that it's really overblown the way that people panic really when is. the Yankees lose to the Baltimore but can I, Orioles. Can I say something? What? We ta- we gave our prediction on that series. And we weren't right about which games they were going to win and lose, but what did we say? They were going to split. They were going to split. And that's all they had to do. You had a doubleheader mixed in there. You're not going to win that game and you didn't expect... I'm sorry. It, it, call it unfair, whatever you want, but you don't expect Sonny Gray to go out there and win a ball game right now. And he, and he came... Up very big for this team, and he they pitched. Need, they he pitched needed a to win. Very they good had game to win that game because if you go, if you come out of Baltimore going into this Cleveland series and you lose, you drop three out of four. That's not good. Look, like we said on the show previous to the Baltimore series starting. You're right. We expected a split just based on being a four game series with the doubleheader thrown in there. You expected a split, and then we said th- we wanted three out of four from from Cleveland, and. Hey, but there was no way that anybody would have predicted that you would have got your two wins from Sessa and Sonny Gray, <laughs> and that they would go on to pitch a combined twelve scoreless innings in that series. I think Sessa pitched really well too. Yeah, where's he now? <laughs> you know what I am a little bit surprised with that Domingo Herman didn't get set down after his start on Friday night, or was it Friday night? Yeah, they lost last night. 
Only because him being the fifth starter. At this point, he's he, not going to pitch he's again. He's not going to pitch again. He's got options. He can go back down. Why not Why not fill his spot with someone of some worth right now? Bring up a bullpen arm. Right. Or, you know. Get, Even another bench guy yeah, at this bring, point. Yeah, you know. You could you could do that. I'm surpri- I am a little surprised by that. Not that he, he does. <sighs> I mean, what does he deserve? Right? I mean. You want to break down the games first, and we'll. I think. I think maybe Domingo Herman is a is a nice starting point on our first half recap here. Before we get into Domingo Herman, I think we need because we didn't record on Thursday. We have to talk about the Manny Machado rumors. Okay, I think that's the first thing we need to get out of way, out of the way I right agree. now. So. Honestly, now that we're a couple days removed from the Yankees being in Boston, I think it was a lot of smoke up a lot of people's asses and just stories coming out because it, the Yankees were in Baltimore. I talked to an NL scout who's going to be on our show, I believe next weekend. Um, he's a scout who has scouted a, a lot of the Yankees players, a lot of the Yankees young talent. So we want to have him on the show. He's a scout for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, I kind of want to get a feel for him. Because you have you have guys like Clint Frazier's name being thrown into a lot of you know projected trades and all these rumors and stuff. He's he's someone who scouted Clint Frazier and Chance Adams and a lot of those guys very closely. I kind of want to get a feel for him on what we should what what's the bar for these guys. I want to know what we should expect back for a guy like Clint Frazier because there's a, almost every rumor you hear. It's like oh Frazier. Frazier is going to headline this package and that package. Anyway, talk but to him. But, he right. didn't have too. He didn't have too much inside info. He thought that the Yankees getting involved was really just to to be in the mix of things because and also they're the to, Yankees. To right, he really didn't see anything coming to fruition with the Yankees. Not saying that it can't, because Cashman has surprised us in the past plenty of times. But he thought they were just running up the price a little just to get into the mix um, and just to, I think, secure Boston from not even coming close to him. But here's what I was saying, right? Now that we're a couple days removed now, people were like, oh, it's close. It's going to happen when they were in Baltimore, right? And now here we are Saturday. The Yankees have been out of Baltimore a couple days. Now they're now ba- what I read today is they're, if you would rank the teams trying to get him, they're in third or fourth place right now. Right. So it was to me a lot of it was being overblown because the Yankees were in Baltimore. Had the Yankees not even been in Baltimore this past week, who even knows if it was even a story? Right, I agree. Now, do the Yankees need Manny Machado? No, no, they don't need Manny Machado. There's only one way they, air quotes here, need Manny Machado, and that's if they no longer have a competent. Um, player at third base now you want to start speculating if that could possibly happen if Andujar can be part of a package for a pitcher I'm telling you right now if that's the case it better not be J.A. Happ or Cole Hamels no you're not giving up Andujar Andujar for for a guy like that so unless the Yankees have something up their sleeve which they very well could for a major starting pitcher where you're going to start that package with Frazier and Andujar you do not need Manny Machado. Mainly for the fact that you're just going to sign this guy 
in the offseason if you want to anyway. And here's something I thought of. No one really talked about this. And it's something that I think is a very big discussion point when it comes to Machado. If the Yankees give up a lot of guys for him, right? They are going to feel the pressure to sign him in the offseason at that point, no matter what. And he's going to have so much leverage. If you give up guys like Florial, Frazier, whatever, for him, you better sign him, right? Yeah. So what's going to stop Machado from asking for the world at that point? And then what? You're just going to let him walk? He knows you're going to be obligated to sign him. So the only, is there a way if they did trade for him that they can also negotiate a salary for him before the offseason ever hits where he can't be on the free agent market? Can that happen? They can give him an extension in season. But what I, I'm not talking about an extension. Can it be something that is negotiated within the deal? I'm pretty sure there's always a window where the team you're on has the first grab at you. But what I'm trying to say is within that trade, Manny Machado comes here and we give up a big package for him. Why would he ever sign an extension and not run the price up on himself at that point? Because he knows the Yankees are going to give him the world because they're going to feel obligated to sign him at that point. Right? Okay. Definitely, yeah. Do you agree with me, though? I mean, look, if he sits there and says, hey, you gave up Frazier and Florial or whoever for me, I know you need to sign me now. I know you can't let me walk. So what's stopping him from saying, I want $400 million in 10 years? So goodbye. And then what? Then you look like assholes for giving up all your top guys for a rental. That's why they're not giving up your top guys. That's what I'm saying. So it really doesn't make much sense. This is what somebody was counterpointing the other day because – they, Baltimore said they had to have Sheffield or they had to have Frazier or whatever, and Cashman's like, "No, you're going to take what I give you, or you're not, or that's it." <laughs> right. Which is the way to operate on this. And somebody was saying that, "Oh well, how can you expect the Yankees to get a guy like Manny Machado without giving up your top prospects when uh, you got Glaber Torres for Roldis Chapman? That's great." So, because Brian Cashman did it to somebody else, now he <laughs> he has to have it done to him. And look, and not even that, right? The Cubs needed a role as Chapman to win the World Series. We didn't steal. It's not, listen, yeah, to us, we stole Glaber Torres, right? And then we got Chapman back. But guess what? That the the Cubs' goal was to win a World Series by making that move. And guess what? They did. So what? You're telling me if they kept Glaber Torres, maybe they wouldn't have won a World Series then, but they could have, based on keeping him and, and him playing second, short, third, whatever, that they would have won four more in the future? No. Is they it- made a great move. They knew what they needed. They went and got it, and they won the World Series then and now, which is what the Yankees are going to need to do this year also. If Manny Machado was the missing piece to win a World Series this year, then yeah, fucking trade Clint Frazier. Absolutely. Trade Justice Sheffield. Yep. But he's not. You're not telling me that uh, Clayton Kershaw is a, is going to be a rental player and you got to give up two of your top prospects to get him. 
If that's the case, then you friggin' do it. Yeah, do of course, because he's going to help you win a World Series. The Yankees don't need Manny Machado to help them win a World Series. Absolutely not. That's why you don't do it. If the price if the price for Manny Machado falls into Brian Cashman's lap, then yeah, then you do it. Right. But if it doesn't, then you walk away, and then you think about whether you want to sign him in the offseason or not. You don't need to give up major prospects to get him. I'm sorry. I don't care what your counterpoint is. No, you just don't. It'd be nice to have him, but at the right price which let's be realistic here there's not going to be a right price for the yankees at this point it just doesn't make sense you always say tyler wade and chance adams and uh even you know you want to throw an albert abreu or who any of those guys yeah great i'll take manny machado yeah but i don't see the need to give up frazier florial justice sheffield if sheffield's going to be dealt first of all cashman said Sheffield's not off the table, but he certainly is off the table when it comes to a rental. Um, if Sheffield's going to be dealt, you better be giving me back an MLB-proven ace or number two guy in that rotation. Easily. I've been reading up a lot on Sheffield in the past couple of days since he's been name's been thrown around in a lot of trade talks. CeCe loves the guy, first of all. He I, think thinks, that, I think that speaks volumes in itself. CeCe said the only thing keeping him from being a major league pitcher right now is his command. Well, his command seems to be a, a, a lot better of late. He says he's got an electric fastball, and his slider just dives right off the table. So CC gave a ringing endorsement of this kid's stuff and his makeup. He said he just he needs to work on his control, and that is what's keeping him from being a major league pitcher right now. All right, his control seems pretty good now. Do you think maybe we see him in the second half here? I don't know. What are the Yankees' plans? Again, what are their plans? I think regardless of who they go and get at this point, I think Sheffield makes sense right now. I told you, I think their mind's made up on Sonny Gray. Well, you're going to tell me that just because this guy came out and had a great game against the Baltimore Orioles that now he's just earned a spot back for us to trust him again? We all know. We, we've we all read this script before. Yeah, but if they're not going to trade him, then what are you going to do with him? He's, so he's just going to continue to make starts for this team. Oh, that's a bad look. And it's it's going to be taxing on this bullpen right, in the so, second half. You know what? Let's just take his last start for what it is and see if he can build upon it. All right. I know we've been down that road we've, before. We've been down it three times now this but, season. But, you know, and then, maybe and third then what? time's and, a chart in them. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And then he goes out there and he... And he Faces a division rival, uh, Red Sox or whoever, and uh, gets shelled. And then we're sitting here again talking about how they got to get rid of him. You know what? Him. I hope he pitches to a 1 5 6 year so the rest I. of the way. And then so he shoves I. it right up your ass. I'll tell you what, I'll bend over for him <laughs> and I will take it. And I'll be happy about it. If that's what he's going to do, there you go. But I just don't see it happening. All right. We talk too much about Sonny Gray on this show. Justice Sheffield, right? All right, so the other thing I was reading about him, he, people are scouts and people that have watched him say he maxes out as a two starter, which is perfectly right. fine. Yeah, we don't need an ace right now. No, you need an ace right now. We have an ace. You can have two aces. Yes. So why not say you don't need an ace? You obviously I need five aces. Sure, but I'll take a number two. All right, so he's not untouchable. If you say he's maxing out at a number two, that's not untouchable to me. Right. But you have to get me at least a number two back if you're trading him. And But let's talk about this. I mean, you can't tell me you're a team that needs pitching and having a guy that's going to be your number two starter and then trade him 
in a deal that doesn't get you at least another number two back. You can't do that. I'm asking this genuinely. Did the I know the Yankees had always had high hopes for Luis Severino. They saw him as an ace. I mean, they they looked at this kid and they said he's going to be our ace one day. Read Brian Hulk's book. I will. You'll have to wait until I get back from vacation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'll finish it when I'm down there. I just don't have time to read. So it. answer my question. What did they see him as an ace? He had high. He had top of the rotation, high end potential. Really? Yeah. They always felt once he filled out, he would have that type of potential. So my point being is that from the scouting reports I've read on on Justice Sheffield, he could get to that point also. He's got it, like you said, like CC said, an electric fastball and a slider that just falls right off the table. Who does that sound like to you? Except as a lefty, it sounds he like he doesn't throw as hard as Severino. It sound, no, but. It sounds a lot like Luis Severino from the other side. I mean, I would love to him for to be the perfect number two and slot right behind Severino. But if you're going to trade him, I better get a number two at least back in that deal. That's it. I don't want him in a trade for Manny Machado. If you trade him for Manny Machado, then you better trade Miguel Andujar and get me my number two. Then I think I think right. Am I wrong in yes. saying that? No, you're right. But I think. A number two starter is such an arbitrary thing. I mean, what constitutes as a number two starter now? A guy that's going to win baseball? 15 games and pitch to a low three ERA. All right, so if you take any number two out there and put them on the Yankees right now, because no one looks at records, we talked about this, but you put someone on the Yankees with an offense who is going to score you five, six runs a game, and they could possibly get 15 15 wins with a mid three, low three ERA. Is Michael Fulmer that guy? Is he a number two? Not after the way he pitched against Houston today. So, I mean, who's a number two? Can you even name a number two off the top of your head? If I went around the league and looked at starting rotations, then yeah, I could look at, I could find a number two. My point I'm trying to make here is that for me, it's ace, and then it's, I don't want to say a crapshoot, but. If you don't have dominant ace stuff, you're going to get a guy who... There are guys that are not aces that are really consistent in this league that still will go out there and give you six, seven innings every time and give up two or three runs. Aces go out there and they you guarantee a win every time they're out there. Number two is a guy that's just a step below that. And the Yankees right now, they don't have that. So if you can get me a guy like that... Then yeah, I I will trade Justice Sheffield. See, for me though, really, what it, when it comes down to it, if I'm trading Justice Sheffield, I want an ace. I want an ace at this point because I think you take Justice Sheffield and you put him in this rotation. He is your number two. He is, but he's not ready. Why? I just told you why. But uh, from what you're telling me, it sounds like he is ready now. Cici Zabathia just said this two days ago. I mean, look at the guy's numbers now. Yeah, numbers don't up. lie. All right, but Chris, you we go, we said this the same thing about Jonathan Loisica. The guy was a strike throwing machine. The guy was coming from Double A. Yeah, but then now, yeah, same thing though. Your Triple A, Double A minor league hitters are not major league hitters. So if he's improved his command at the Triple A level, how do you know that's going to translate to him being a guy that's going to throw strikes at the major league level? Right. You have Sheffield's game log game logs up. Has he been improving on his on his walks per game? He's actually never walked more than three guys in a start this season. 
He has 20 walks in 52 and a third inning. In his in his last in his last three outings, I want to know how many pitches, uh, how many innings he pitched, and how many walks he has in his last three outings. All right, his latest outing, he pitched five and a third, gave up two walks. Okay. One before that, seven innings, three walks, and the one before that, six innings, one walk. I mean, besides the five and a third, I'm with the two walks. I don't know. I mean. Isn't that enough to give this guy a chance? But you also know that command is just more than walking guys. You can have bad com- you can have bad control in the strike zone. I say I say this, and I, I don't think we have to go too much deeper into this. That's because you know you're losing the argument. Oh no, I, I don't think I'm losing the argument at all. But I think what I'm about to say is extremely fair. If Justice Sheffield is still on this team after the trade deadline, he's going to be up on this major Fine. league roster. I, ke- I said it too. Right? Because I think Cashman's protecting him at this point, and he doesn't want to expose him at the major league level if he thinks he's going to be a valuable trade piece. So I think if – I mean, maybe they come back from the break and they say, look, Sheffield's not going anywhere. We're bringing him up. Or you wait for the trade deadline. You don't expose the guy just yet. And if he's still here – that's it. That's when he gets the call. And I'll say this about Justice Sheffield. I was at Yankee Stadium in 2016 right after the trade for Andrew Miller went down and the Indians were in town. And I was sitting behind three guys from Cleveland and we were talking about the trade. I remember this. And everyone was talking about uh, Frazier. Frazier and they on the told news. me, and these, guys, and these guys knew their shit. Like, I was talking to them, and you can, when you talk to people about baseball, you can get a feel for them, yeah. whether they know they what They weren't talking. like the fans at the Yankee game you went to this year that thought Derek Jeter was going to be in the lineup. Yeah. They kind of had a better feel for the game. And they told me when this trade is all said and done, the guy that they're going to hurt, it's going to hurt them the most of losing, is Justice Sheffield. That's mm-hmm. what they said to and me. And that says a lot. Because at that time, when they got him, yeah, he was a highly touted prospect, but I don't even almost think like he was a, in AAA at that no. point. So that says a lot. And, you know, I think we're going to see this guy in 2018. I really do. Maybe. I'm I'm not ruling it out, but I'm saying there's a reason whether he doesn't want to expose him at the major league level or they That's just got, don't it, think he's ready right now. They you, don't. This is the thing with him, though. And this is, like you said, this is the last thing we can say about it. you want to counterpoint, whatever. But. They don't want to bring him up here to get shelled. So if they don't think his stuff is ready at this exact moment, then don't bring him up here. This is going to be my only counter to you. Okay. Here's why I think it's strictly Cashman protecting him at this point. Because it's not like we have a rotation of five guys that you are confident in. Not even four guys. Right now, maybe three. If that. Two and a half. Two and a half. So Tanaka's when you're looking at it like that and you have a guy sitting in AAA who, is, who has been successful, who is a highly touted prospect. So going to McDonald's after this pod, <laughs> by the way. I'm so down. You could Uber Eats it to here. Uh, if you have a guy sitting there when you have a rotation where you just said it yourself, maybe two and a half guys you can rely on, you're taking a chance with him. Mm-hmm. You are. Right? It's not like we have anything to lose at this point. And if he gets shelled, then you send him back down and you say, look, you weren't ready. Come on. You're not going to tell me that that's going to ruin this kid. If his stuff is that good, it's not going to ruin him. All right, maybe, but it could. So right now, Cashman is protecting him 
because he might be part of a big deal and he doesn't want him being exposed at the major league level just yet. Well, he's obviously looking to trade Clint Frazier and he's just letting him (laughs) grow cobwebs on his ass up here. I know. I know. Since we said this the other, the last time we recorded that any time the Yankees seem to be linked to a pitcher, they get shelled. Hap got rocked in his last two outings. (laughs) Cole Hamels got rocked. And now today, Fulmer. Fulmer got rocked and by Houston, who, I mean, if you're going to trade this guy to beat Houston. He, got, he better be Houston. <laughs> and I think, Rai, you told me this. Yankees sent, uh, or the Mets sent scouts to watch Justice Sheffield. Did they? Yeah. I mean, does that say a lot? Am I getting Noah Syndergaard? I honestly, no, okay. I've closed the book on tra- on them trading Jacob DeGrom. I just don't Which think is it's idiotic happen. on their end, but you're probably right. Would you trade Justice Sheffield for Noah Syndergaard? In a second. Yeah, no doubt in my in mind. In a second. Michael Fulmer's line today, four and two-thirds, ten hits, seven earned runs. Great, against the Houston Astros. Against so the no, You know what? 9-1 Yesterday it came out a report was that the, the Tigers want uh, – they were looking at she- – uh, not Sheffield, Frazier and Tyler Wade for Fulmer. And I thought at the – you seriously had to think about that. Not if he's going to give up seven runs no. to the Astros. I'm no. Gonna, no, I'm sorry. No, and it's just like it's not, Hap not getting shelled. Hap got shelled by the Red Sox. Yeah, so if you're trading if you're trading for Hap to beat the Red Sox and he got his ass kicked by the Red Sox. Not looking good for Hap. I mean, it's just not. Yeah. You know? I think the Yankees should have moved on from Jay Hap being a realistic option for so, that. So, you know, that... If that, you're going to tell me that they're going to trade him to you for a single-A infielder that's going to be out of the professional baseball in six months, then yeah, I'll take J.A. Happ. But to right. give up any reasonable prospect for him, no. I'm I'm over that now. And the Blue Jays are still in this division. They're going to ask for a decent haul back. More than you're going to want to give up. I don't care who it is. And not only did you just kick his ass yourselves, but then you're the team that's in first place that we're having trouble catching now, also kicked his ass. So now today the funny thing is, or not not the funny thing is, the interesting thing is that the Yankees and Angels might be uh, in talks. In talks here. And what's interesting is this is, a, this is something that could be easily done because the Angels GM used to be Brian Cashman's assistant. Mm. So he knows the Yankees farm system. But He's back got- in the 90s when he first took... no. Recently, really? Yeah, he recently just came out of the. He recently just took the job. Came right out of the Yankees organization. Uh, Billy Epler, I think his name is. Um, so you told me two guys. You told me Tyler Skaggs and Andrew Heaney. And I mean, Jesus, if you're gonna Skaggs is pitching to a sub. Is sub Skaggs career. hurt three, for a little while. Skaggs really pitching July. Skaggs until. is pitching to a three five seven. No, he's not. Yes, he is. I thought it was two five seven. Oh, two, two five, five seven. seven. Sorry. I mean. That's, and he's a lefty. And and let's talk about, how do you say it? Heaney. Heaney. Like Mr. Feeney. Let's go back and, and let's look at how Heaney has pitched against the Yankees this year. They don't hit him. He's a lefty too, isn't he? Honestly, dude, I'm looking at Tyler Skaggs' numbers right now. They're very good. He's had a ridiculous stretch where he's only allowed one earned run since May. And guess what? He's cost-controlled too. So the I, Yankees he hasn't. Have- he's... He had one bad start where he allowed five earned runs and then another start where he allowed three. Other than that, it's been two or one every other That's start. great. Every one of our fucking starters besides Luis Severino <laughs> gives up five runs a game, okay? So, 
if we have a if we're going to trade for a guy that gives up five runs a game once in a month, it's an improvement. Okay, so let's talk about Skaggs real quick and and those I just don't numbers. like his name, Skaggs. Another thing with Skaggs, Skaggs. Uh, Skaggs. He only has one uh, two starts, but two of those starts he didn't throw five innings, and they were both in April. Since then, he's gone six innings, seven innings, one earned run, two earned runs. Did you we hear- getting Skaggs? <laughs> we getting Skagged up. <laughs> Let me ask you this though. All right, you tell your story. You're gonna first of all, skag, skag is a fucking street term for heroin. By the way, <laughs> I'm down. You're down to do some skag? Yeah, that, I thought that's what we were talking about. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, well, did you hear the story about what happened with the Indians game the other day? Yes, I OP, was and, Ryan OP about and OT. OP and OT. Yeah. So apparently, Frank Kona doesn't add Y's to the end of their his guy's names. He just calls them by his initials. Right. And Dan OP o- is Perez. And and OT is Otero. Yeah, Otero. yeah, right? So he wanted to get Ali, Ali Perez, Perez up. I didn't even know he was on the Indians. He was with the Yankees. They released him. And, and now he's, he's a lefty. Yeah. And Which, Joey Votto was coming up. He's great in MLB The Show. Yeah, so he wanted to get Oliver Perez up. So he tells uh, his pitching coach, get me OP. Which he thought he said OT. And so he went, they, they uh, warmed up Otero. Dan Otero, and you should have seen the look on Francona's face when he signaled for the lefty, and, and then, then Dan Otero, Otero walks out <laughs> of the great. bullpen. I gotta see that. But the best part of this whole story is something I heard with uh, John and Susan today. The best part of the entire story is Joey Votto's post-game interview. Did you hear this? No. They asked him, "Were you were you just as shocked as Terry Francona when Otero came out of the bullpen?" And he goes, "Because he's a he was a righty coming into face you." He goes, "Actually, no. I thought Francona was being a brilliant manager at that point because I don't have a one career hit against Otero, <laughs> except for the bases clearing double that he just he hit." But I was my point was if that was the Yankees, there would be no way to screw that up because it would be Perry and Oteri. Perry and Oteri. You wouldn't be able to screw that up, right? OT and OP, very similar. Perry and Oteri. Plus Harkey does has been out there for so many years now. He had a little hiatus, Mike Harkey, out there. He wasn't with the team for a couple years. And then he came back as the bullpen coach. Okay. Anyway. I'm surprised he's still is he still there? Yeah. Harky's out there, man. He was a Girardi's guy, though. He, I'm surprised that they re- they kept him around. Yeah, I don't pay attention to a bullpen coach. Come, Come on. on, I love Harky though. That's great. He's the bullpen coach. This is what he does. <laughs> Christian, since since Christian forgot this is over the radio, he's waving his hat up. That's all he does. <sighs> hey, uh, Chappie, get up, and then when Chapman's ready, because they don't have fucking phones or anything. <laughs> So listen, let's talk about Skaggs for a second because this is a guy who might make a lot of sense. And what's Heaney's numbers, Ryan, while you're uh Skaggs? He- Heaney. <laughs> Why are we talking Heaney now? Because he's Heaney's a- also Heaney, part of the yeah. talk. Oh, really? Yeah. But he- let's talk about Skaggs for a second while he does that. Who are you willing to give up for him? Are you willing to give up Justice Sheffield for yep. him? You are. Yes. You are. Okay. You know, Skaggs is someone who hasn't been this successful his whole career. Then trade. All right, fine. You know, Clint he, Frazier. He's always been pretty decent. He's always had a mid three, high three ERA. But this two five seven is is at this point uncharacteristic for him. So you'd be willing to give up Sheffield for that? I just said that. I don't. I wouldn't be because I think you can give up Frazier and a couple other guys for him. 
Drury. Drury's under control for how many more years? Who? God. Jesus. Our Lord. Our Lord. Heaney is five and six with a 3.84. Actually, now looking at Tyler Skaggs' numbers, I don't know if I trade anything for him. Okay, Tyler Skaggs, 2012, came up with Arizona, 5.83 ERA. Well, this is what literally what I was just saying to you. Yeah, you. yeah, but they're worse than what you said. 2013, 5.12 ERA. Goes to you. Goes to the Angels. 2014, 4.30 ERA. 2016, 4.17. 2017, last year, 4.55, and this year now he's oh, pitching to a five. Oh, I see. I thought they were. It was lower than that. He has a 3.85 career ERA. So this you- is a guy who. Th- this is very uncharacteristic. Has he found himself? Maybe. Is he the next Charlie Morton? Maybe. Right. Well, also, that's a tough, that's here's a tough another thing. Too, you know, yeah. we're looking at his stats. He's only thrown over 100 innings once in his career, and that was in 2014. Wow. That's Just telling. 100 innings? But, but this, is, this could be the perfect guy. Why? Because Cashman has that ammo. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm not going to give up the world for you just because you're having a good year this year. We need you. I'm going to give you something. Okay, he's also only he's never. This is the first year he struck out over 100 batters in a season. Well, I mean, then clearly he's having his and FIP is 301. And then look. It, guys, his FIP is 3.01. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, I'm done. <laughs> so this is this could be the perfect match at this point mm-hmm. because he's way he's a way better option right now than a Hap, Hamels, whatever. He's also a guy you're not going to have to give up the world for. And he's a guy who could take this team to the next level as far as starting pitching goes if he continues down this path. Right, he doesn't even have to be as good as he is right now, and he could still work out. And then you know you see what he does next year, the year after, whatever. But I'm worried about right now. I just I'm not giving up Justice Sheffield for him. No, not just seeing that. You no. could take Frazier, and then and you know I think that's fair. Because what are the? I mean, we were talking about uh, the biggest surprise in 2018. You said Seattle Mariners, not for me. Oakland. Oakland for me. I cannot believe that team is, what, 12, 13 games over 500? Something like that. Crazy. Uh, and, the, and the Angels have just fallen apart. Yeah, Oakland's 53 and 42. They're 11 over, and LA Angels are only two over at 49 and 47. Yeah, so. Yeah, ta- uh, uh, Brian Hulk was the one that originally wrote the column, and he said, in, his name is Billy Epler, uh, they work together in the Yankees front office, so it should be, they should have a good working relationship, and he knows the Yankees farm system. Um, they said that, and the, the reasoning that they would be willing to trade these two guys is, is because they want to do a quick rebuild before Trout hits free agency in 2020. So are you telling me it wouldn't be Skaggs or Heaney? It would be both? No, those are the two names that came up that would make sense for the Yankees. Right. But would it be both? Or would it be one or the other? I'm sure they could work something out if they wanted to. Because Heaney's numbers compared to Skaggs are not impressive. Again, not Heaney's a guy with a career 4.24 ERA. He's pitching to a 3.780 this year. I'm... Yeah, if you're singling out we're this ta- year, I mean, we're Skaggs talking about we're talking about more than one run 
And Off Heaney's his last ERA. 15 games, he's got he's pitching to a 3-1-9, so maybe he's on a better swing. I don't know. So, Good thing we didn't do the pot outside. It's raining. Is that raining? It's pouring wow. outside. We were originally thinking about doing this outside tonight. Yeah. Ooh, a little thunder. Wow, a little thunder. It's a little, getting it's A getting little fun. red thunder. <laughs> I don't know. They're two. They're interesting names. They're guys that they're not rentals. You'll have them for a couple years. That's what I like about it. I honestly, I think the Yankees would have seriously pursued Garrett Richards had he not uh, gotten injured. Maybe he's, I don't know. Isn't that Tommy the John. isn't he the ace of their staff though? Well, if you take isn't out that Tommy, what we're trying to find? I mean, you said it yourself. Give me an ace. But they said they wanted – I just told you they want to do a quick rebuild, get a couple major league ready guys on here because they don't want to do a full rebuild while they still have Mike Trout. Well, And they've fallen off the face of the earth recently. They have. Bad. It's bad. Because they were a good ball club when the Yankees faced them. Very good. Not so much Top now. Top in the league. I think they started the year like 13-3. and three. Yeah, they were up there. They were they were keeping pace with the yeah. Red Sox for a while. Guess what? This is not LAA Sports Talk. This is NYY right. Sports Talk. Oh, you're right. What we originally wanted to do today, we got to rain it in here. It is raining outside. Let's rain it in here. <laughs> we wanted to, you know, kind of do a wrap up on the first half of the season. Um, the Yankees are currently 30 games over 500, and they'll end the first half before the break either 29 over or 31 over. And they're gonna at well, they could finish. Look, I only look at the loss column. That's what I look at. Me so too. Best it's case the only scena- thing that matters. Best case scenario, they finish the first half out of this division by a game. That's the best oh, yeah, case. Best case. Yes. Right. Worst case scenario, they finish three, three out. Three. Right. So, you know. It's still very frustrating. You know, when you're thinking things back in March. Would you be okay with with that swing right there? Yeah. I mean, that's six games. No, weren't we nine out at one point? Honestly, when the window's opening, it just this window's just opening up. The fact that the Yankees are going to end this first half of the season almost 30 games or maybe 31 games over 500. They're going to finish 29 or 31 games I over 500. I wouldn't have believed you if you told still- me that. And we had all the expectations in the world on, the, on this team. If you told me they were going to be close to 30 games, maybe more, at the All-Star break over 500, I would have laughed in your face. Because if you had to pick one team in maybe 20. 20 right now. In the yeah. entire major league that has the largest window to go on a nice run, it's got to be the Yankees, or right? Maybe the Braves. By, yeah, yeah maybe but the, the Braves. Braves aren't there yet. Right. right? They're, they having, a... they're having the Yankees year from mm-hmm. last year. So, so when we see what they do this year and see how they finish out the season, and if they don't get all the way and win a World Series, then next year you're talking about them and their window opening and yeah. so on and so forth. But yeah, right the now, like a year behind right now teams that are expected to to be there at the end when all is said and done, the Yankees have the largest window of opportunity moving forward. I, but I don't even think it's close. But all right, fine. But fair to say they had a they've had an excellent first half of the first of the Absolutely. season. People want to downplay it because they're in second place. You and we say it till I'm blue in the face, you can't hold a, it against the Yankees that the Red Sox are on pace to win 111 games. You saw They're on pace to win 106 themselves. You saw the stat I posted on Twitter the other day. Since the inception of divisions, the Yankees are the first team in Major League Baseball history to have 60 wins by July 11th, whatever, and not find themselves in wow. first place. Wow. 
I mean, that it just doesn't happen. This doesn't happen. This is, we said it two months ago now. We are watching a historic season. And that's exactly what it is. And unfortunately, it's happening to us. So let's, let me, let me just run this through, with, you know, first half recap. What's your thoughts on Aaron Boone so far? I honestly, we said it before we came on air. I said it to you. I don't think they could have picked a better manager for this team. On the field, off the field, I think this guy was the perfect fit for this team. Absolutely perfect. Has he made some mistakes? Of course. Is he going to learn from them? Of course. And with each mistake he makes, he gets better. I really feel like he couldn't have had a better first half. And if you're going to tell me that he could have, all I'm going to say to you is you're nitpicking his mistakes and every manager makes mistakes. Every single manager. But not every manager has their team 30 games over 500. You know what? In his first year. In his first year. In his first year. And he's never done it. As a manager. Or as a a coach in Major League Baseball at all. Right, as even a coach. The guy hasn't even been an equipment manager in Major League Baseball. And then, you know, you get the argument, well, my grandmother could manage this team. Yeah, maybe. But it goes beyond that. All right, so your grandmother can manage this team, but could Mickey Callaway manage the Yankees? No. How ba- what would the Yankees' record be if Mickey Callaway? I'm telling you right now, game? would they be ten that, games over that, right now? That nine and nine start would have been more. Would they have dug out from that nine and nine start? They would have dug out from it. I think. I think this team has enough talent, but they wouldn't be dominating the way they are. They wouldn't be winning these series. They wouldn't be as resilient as they've been. And that's something I really want to touch on because this team and everyone kind of has a negative feel for the Yankees right now, like you said, because they're in second place and they have dropped a few games. But I think the biggest the biggest uh, factor has been when they went on that hot streak, they could be down five runs in the ninth and they would win the game, right? And then we lost that because that's not reality. Mm-hmm. That is the exception, okay? That was the exception. Your team isn't going to do that day in and day out. But over these last handful of games, you're starting to see a resilient offense again. You and and why is that? Because guys like Bird are coming through. Tyler Wade, someone who we wrote off completely, has now start started to show us that maybe he is a competent major league baseball player. He's been coming through. And Uhar. Which I is mean, also really important that Wade is coming through because He's you stepping up right now. You're in love and with Tyler. And I also secretly <laughs> and not so secretly do have a little crush on I want to get into Wade a little bit moving right, forward, but not right now. Let's let's work through this. As I, right? Yeah. So what I was going to say about Boone is that one of his major criticisms, it appears to be, is that he leaves in his starting pitchers too long. Like where Girardi would just yank him out yank of there. Him. I like – maybe it's because I got a Booner for Boone. But I, I like the fact that he lets these guys go until they fail. Basically, I do. I'm sorry. I'm more old school thinking. Where why do we have to go to the bullpen? If CC's at 74 pitches in the sixth inning and he comes out and he walks the first batter, why do we have to go get him right there? I agree 100. percent That was my biggest. That was my biggest gripe with Joe Girardi. I couldn't stand it. And then we got to look at CeCe ready to friggin' murder Joe Girardi. I bet you that CeCe would rather g- lose a game 5-4, give up those five runs. And have it on him. And have it on him than have 
that wall come out and be scored uh, uh, when a reliever comes in. Right, as an inherited runner. Right? Wouldn't you? Uh, you pitched through in the college level. Wouldn't? Don't you feel the same way? Wouldn't you rather have your manager have your back and say, you know what, you get out of this? CC is the ultimate gamer, the ultimate competitor. And, and not even when, him. He does it with all his guys. And when you have a guy like that, and really anyone at the major league level, they want the ball no matter what. CeCe's arm could be falling off. But if it's a big game, he wants the ball. He wants it, and he wants to get the job done. And if anyone is going to not get the job done and fail, he wants it to be him. That's a gamer. And Boone lets them do that. And you know what? It's not just about that player in the moment either. He's helping his bullpen. If you can get another out or two from CC, you're saving another inning out of the bullpen. Here's my favorite thing about Aaron Boone. He has his players' backs. He will defend them until his dying breath. And for the most part, it's worked this year. Dellen Batances. People are mad he didn't make the All-Star team, but in April, you would have you would have sold your grandmother to get a chance to shoot this guy. Right. Greg Bird, he kept telling you he was the dude. What, what has he been the he's last He's starting year? to look like the dude right now. In July, he's hitting over 300, but I bet you nobody realizes that. No. And he just came off a stretch where he had 11 RBIs in three games. And he had a big home run tonight. Yep. I think the best game to use as an example for the point you guys are making with how Boone lets his guys go go was that game uh, against Boston where CeCe came back out for the seventh and Boone kept him in for that Mookie Betts at that yep. to end the uh that, I love that. Thing. That was my favorite. Because that's a move Girardi definitely never, he's not never, pitching that. Ever, he's not pitching ever, that Never. But he left him out there. He gets a ground ball to first, gets out of the inning, wins the game seven innings, one And Christian, I want you to tell – on the show, what you told me, I think you said Aaron Judge was asked about Boone, and I think this this speaks volumes about Aaron Boone. So I read a quote today from Aaron Judge. I don't can't. I'm not going to find it. I'll never find it. But uh, basically, somebody this is paraphrasing. Said, "What do you think about Boone? You know, he's kind of like the anti-Girardi, mild-mannered guy, soft-spoken." He goes. Basically, what he said was, "That's what you see when you talk to him. When it's like when the, the cameras are on, more or less, and the game starts, that's not the same. He's a different guy. And because I'm a Rocky fan, I'm going to use this term. He's got the eye of the tiger in him when the game starts. And you see that, and it's funny because Boone's been ejected out of two games so far in the first half this year. If you told me Boone was even going to get ejected out of one game this year, I wouldn't have believed you." Because we see a guy who's very even, even keeled and, you know, guy who doesn't really show temper or anything like that. But when he has to, during a game, he will let the umpire know. And here's, here's what I love about him. When he's wrong, he'll admit that he's wrong. He admitted it tonight. Immediately. When Girardi, when Girardi f- screwed something up, he'd be like, fuck, you don't answer. I'm not <laughs> answering. Fuck, you get out of here. Well, what do you think? Well, what do you well, think? Yeah, well, I'm Joe, I don't know. I'm, I mean, Joe, I'm Joe Girardi. Fuck you for asking me that question. <laughs> now, we can debate it till we're blue in the face, till the cows come home, till pigs fly, whatever phrase you want to use, whether he should have had Aaron Judge in motion on Friday night with John Carl staying up as a tying run. But he said, you know what? Fair is fair. He said, I'm doing a little Monday morning quarterbacking on that decision. 
And and that's all you can ask from a guy. Yeah, I mean, you take that. He's you great with that. the media. You always Aaron Boone always lets you know what he's thinking. And I mean, you have to appreciate it as a fan, where you're like, okay, you know what? I don't particularly agree with you sometimes, but I understand where you're coming from. But and you know what? But how many times have we seen Giancarlo Stanton hit a ground ball in the infield? Whether it's 130 miles per hour and it ends up to the wall somehow uh, in the outfield or not. Who's to say Stanton doesn't hit into a double play? And then what? Then they're asking Boone why he didn't have him in motion? What was I going to say? And that's another guy. Great great person you brought up, John Carl Stanton, when everybody was asking him in April and May. Well, this guy can't handle New York. I can't believe he's still on the team. Well, watch. Boone was like, okay, he he was going to show you why he's the National League MVP. <laughs> By the way, did you hear when uh, Stanton was asked how he felt about uh, – not getting the final vote into the All-Star game. I did, but I don't... <laughs> Said something to the effect of, it's whatever, I've been an All-Star before. <laughs> like, just get me back on the field on Friday, and I'll just continue to do my job. I've been there, I've done that. Rai, you want to add any thoughts in on the Booner? Booner's, Booner's a man. I mean, even with his quote with, you know, about... Uh, I what, what happened with that game a couple nights ago where he said he second-guessed himself? That was the... The Herman game? No, that was that was last Herman, night. yeah, that was last night when he had a judge in motion. I mean, look at this quote. He, he, I second guessed it a little bit, but I also felt the matchup slow to the plate and betting on a pitch in the zone exactly being put in play, but certainly something I second guessed. So he so he not only said that maybe I was wrong, but this is what I was thinking at yeah. the time. Here's what here's what the Yankees needed in a manager after Girardi. Somebody would have stick up his ass. <laughs> yeah. They needed a guy who was going to relate to all these players, but they needed a guy who had the balls to lead them. And they also needed a guy who was going to be more transparent than Joe Girardi was. And my it's kind of weird because yeah, Joe always had to stick up his ass and Joe never gave the media too much. But there is one thing I do have to credit Joe for. He cried a lot. Well, you know what? <laughs> he he appreciated the moment. And he was an emotional guy. He Those might not are my have, players. <laughs> he might not have showed it, it a lot to the media when he was grumpy and so on and so forth. But let's not sit here and, and act like Joe Girardi didn't care. Because he did. No, absolutely. And he was he a cared. very emotional guy. And he understood... The importance Dude, of He was his... hurt that he wasn't brought back. Of course Absolutely. he was. Of course he was. And you know what? I can sit here and bash Joe Girardi all I want. I was never a fan of him. But, I mean, come on. Look at some of those friggin' line. Look at the post you had that went viral with that lineup from, mm-hmm. what was that? 2013. I mean, you said it, and it wasn't a joke. I wanted to throw up. Zoilo Almonte. <laughs> Who's the one guy we didn't even know? Cruz? Luis Cruz, Cruz. who is famous because Manny Machado was literally in the stands and threw him out on a ground ball. I mean, that's what that guy is famous for. It's just nice to have a manager that shows transparency. Vernon Wells. It is. Vernon Wells and Travis Hafner were your your power guys in that lineup. Oh, God, the spins are back. (laughs) All right, so we're good on Boone. We all agree on Boone. We, biggest, we all got boners. All right, biggest first half surprise player wise. Who's your biggest Ooh. surprise? Hmm. Honestly, good, for me, good and bad. Good and my bad. biggest surprise is Glaber Torres because I had a lot of expectations going into it, but he's totally exceeded them to a whole nother level. The game that he brings, it, it's just. I, all right, who's I, your bad surprise then? 
The one guy that's not performing up to your standard. Sonny Gray, I, I guess, off the top of my head, if I'm thinking just quick. I didn't think Sonny Gray would be this bad. I think I think that's an easy, you know, bad surprise for I'm me. A, well, I guess we're all in agreement on that because you guys know how I kissed his ass in the... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, well, you had him as a possible sign-on. I think my biggest... I didn't say he was going to win this. I said when you talked about that next yes. year, guys, that's where Sonny right. Gray would be. I And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I, I, torn between my biggest surprise and... I'm actually close with the Torres, too. I think that's a fair point. Um, but the expectations were there for him to be this good. You just maybe didn't think he, he would to, actually. No, I don't think so. I think they, they eventually be this good. But to come up right. and be this good No, right no, that's what I'm jump. saying. They were unrealistic to think it would happen right away. Mm-hmm. But you still knew he was a great player. And it just so happens that he was just ready to go. And he came out out of the box and... He hasn't slowed down. Uh, you know, you could say that for both him and Andujar, but this is going to sound maybe a little crazy, but my biggest surprise has been Araldis Chapman. I was thinking you know, that You know how good this guy is, but I never thought that Araldis Chapman could take it to another level. It's a and development I, and, of his slider. And he really has. He, You can really make the argument right now that he is the scariest closer in baseball because of that slider. Because now. of that slider, and my and and the guy who I think is just a notch below him for me is Dellen Batances, and not because I, not because I ever doubted his potential and his talent, but it got to a point with Dellen Batances where the mental aspect of it, you just didn't know if he was going to be able to claw himself out of it. And he gave up that run the other night to lose the game or the two runs or whatever against who was it Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you and you were a little nervous that that was going to knock him back down, but he's come back out now and he's down Batances again, and that's a big sign. That's a big sign that I think he's over this hurdle and he's back to being that dominant pitcher. Again. Yeah. When he's out there, you just you feel that confidence again. And just again. Chapman's numbers: one thirty-eight ERA, thirty-nine innings, twenty-five saves, and he's three and zero with sixty-seven strikeouts. Yeah, but those are all guys with talent. I, I mean, my biggest surprise to me is still Jonathan Holder. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That this guy, he he should have been a guy riding the Scranton shuttle all year. But here's my thing with Jonathan Holder, though. Will he still? Does he still have the potential to become Jonathan Holder again? That's fine. That's something we could talk about in the second half to see. But biggest first half surprise that Boone's using this guy to get high leverage outs to be the fire yeah, extinguisher out of the fair. bullpen. That's fair. And you can make that point on a lot of guys right now. I mean, a lot of people might be listening to this right now and saying, how can you not talk about Romine? I mean, Romine is yeah, a backup he had a, catcher. He had a little slump uh, when, when Sanchez first went on the DL, but he, he quickly came out of it and he really has put this offense on his back a lot of times. Oh, Kyle Higashioka has got three major league <laughs> home runs. So, I mean, that's, a there's surprise. a lot. I mean, and, and we could even talk about Tyler Wade. I mean, I know it's been a small sample size when he came up, but when he first came up over this last week, we said he should only play in one game and look at, look at what an impact he's made on this team. You're actually talking now that, A, he better be on this roster in the postseason if he's still here because he's such a weapon off the bench just for For running purposes and defense, right? But now you're talking, hey, there's teams out there now again. There's teams out there now again that might call on him, that might say, I want Tyler Wade. He's definitely opened eyes the last week. So you could even throw Tyler Wade in that conversation. 
for me, it's for me, the guys you want to talk about that never had the talent there that are now surprising you. Yeah, that's great. But for me, I'm talking about guys with track records that have been surprises to me because how great is Araldus Chapman? Even when he makes you sit on the edge of your seat, he is just a different at a different level right now that I didn't even think was possible for him to get to. And that's why he's the biggest surprise for me. Okay, that's fair. MVP, first half MVP. Yeah, go for it. Rye? I mean, this should be unanimous. Yeah. Savvy. It's got to be Severino. Let's do it. We'll do starting pitcher MVP, uh, position MVP, and bullpen MVP. Well, obviously, starting pitching MVP is Severino. No one's even been close to this guy. Well, I'm I'm saying to split it up because I think he's the MVP overall. Right, who's your position player? That's a tough. tough. Nobody, I mean, nobody's because this is a team that throughout each month it's kind of been like one or one two guy, guys yep. that carries them. You're each gonna month. call me? You might call me crazy for saying this. I say Didi, Glaber Torres. I'm saying no, Glaber Torres. I, I would have said I. I was thinking Glaber I'm because saying Glaber I think Torres. this team took it to a different yep. level when he came up. One hundred percent. Yeah, and he's performed totally every step of the way. And like I, like I said, I did I did Munch's show on on Thursday, and I said the only thing that you a little wary with him is his defense. He's got ten errors, but he's also playing at a position, learning at the major right. league level. And then there's times he makes it look so god Drury easy. <laughs> Here's my thing, Drury damn easy, but it's just <laughs> that's too many. It works. It works. Here's my thing with Torres, and here's why he's my MVP. For exactly what you just said. Drew eats at Denny's again. (laughs) (laughs) For exactly what you just said. And the fact that there's been so many games, whether he's the one getting the game-winning hit or he's the one getting on to score the game-winning run, he's involved in so many wins. And think of it like this. I just told you guys before we came on air, he's played in 63 games, right? Before he came up, I think the Yankees were 10-9. and Because I think they were 9-9, and they played one game against Toronto, and then he came up, okay? On a Sunday, right? Yeah, on a a Sunday. So maybe they were 10-10 and or something, whatever. No, they didn't. They weren't back to 500 after 9-9. and All right. Whatever whatever the case may be, when he came up, I believe the team had nine losses. Since he's come up, they've only lost 18 games. From mid to late April, whatever it was, yeah. In games that he's played in, 18 They've lost only 18. That says a lot. They're 44 and 18. Is that what the stat you came up with? The, 63 games, so do the math. Uh, no, no they'd not... be 45 and, and 18. All right, so. So, I mean, does that not say enough? This guy, this guy helps strengthen this lineup. He's been great defensively. And let's not count out Andujar either. Because Andujar has been above and beyond what you have ever expected out of him because this was a guy who the Yankees weren't even ready to start this year isn't it surprising that we were also this is how bad Sonny Gray is though none of us even thought to think of Gary Sanchez as being the biggest first half disappointment he's hitting under 200 but Sonny Gray was the unanimous vote without any of us even thinking yeah yeah he didn't even cross my mind but if you know what? If Sanchez was still in this lineup and didn't get hurt, and he was here the last few weeks and was batting 180, 185, 
and didn't have, you know, a few more home runs under his belt, I'd maybe consider him a little bit more. I think the fact that he's been removed from this team of late made that decision a little little easier for us. And your relief MVP, I know you're going to save Aldis Chapman, but for me, Stellan Batances. Wow. He has changed the dynamic of his bullpen by going back to being an elite reliever in this league. You know what? Because even if Chapman didn't get to that next level, he'd still be effective for us. I'm going to agree with you. Because whether we want to admit it or not, Robertson and Green, they have not been the same pitchers this year. Robertson has gotten a bit He's better. been a little bit more of a roller coaster than I'd like him to be. Right. That's Green, what ha- Green really hasn't been, though. He's been be- he, he has been much more consistent now. But you're just you're just not seeing a lot of yeah, them. Green's pitching to a two two three ERA in forty four innings and a third. You're just innings. not seeing a lot of them. He's not in the first. He's not in Boone's circle of trust for whatever reason. But it's not because he's been terrible. No. Boone's circle. This is Boone's circle of trust. This is what he wants to do. He wants to. He wants the reliever, uh, the starter, to go six. Holder. Holder, get those outs to Bridget, and then he wants to go. To Robertson, Batances, and Chapman. That's what he wants to do. Yeah. And Chad Green doesn't fit in there. Does Chad Green become a piece that you could trade? No. No, I'm because not Robertson's on his way out. So, you know. Yeah, Robertson's going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Here's something we have to talk about real quick. Where in, where in the hell is Tommy Canely? Uh-huh. What is going on? <laughs> I mean, what's going on? I don't know, I man. He, on, I, Dude, I he's a big piece to this bullpen. He's having control issues, the same thing he had when he first started in this system. And you know what? If Jonathan Holder wasn't pitching to, to where he was right now, we'd have more of a concern about Tommy Canley. The fact is that Chad Green doesn't even fit in this pen right now, right? So if Holder wasn't pitching well... Then you'd be then you'd be throwing Chad Green in there, and then you would need Tommy Canley a, a lot more. The fact is, we're not even thinking about Tommy Canley. Someone posted it the other day. Where the hell is Tommy Canley? I'm like, holy shit, I forgot he even existed. Because this team is, so, it just shows how good they are. They they deal with such adversities, yet they have these guys that that step up. Look at when Tanaka got hurt. Uh, Loisiga Lo came up. He he started playing well. Look at what Tyler Wade's doing without Glaber Torres right now. And you know what? Wait Look until at Austin Romine right now. Wait until September, bro. Wait until this team has all this ammo up on the big league level. That's the thing that scares me right now about making a big trade. This team is covered. There's certain guys you can't replace, obviously. But for the most part, they have such incredible depth that they can cover almost any injury, which is a luxury that most teams don't have. So now you're going you're gonna to have to trade from that to get get these guys that you think are going to put you over the top to win the World Series this year. Sure. That's that's a great point. But it's something that has to be done, unfortunately. Um, but that's kind of why I, I've never been big on Hap, Hamels, those kind of guys, because I'd rather just come from within. I'd rather give Sheffield a shot at that point and not give up anyone and keep that depth. Because um, if you're going to tell me you're going to get a guy that – isn't going to be as good as a guy we have sitting in AAA, then what's the point? I think you need to get two guys now, to be honest with you. 
I think it's come to come to that. I told you I think they have their mind made up on that. I do think you do. I do think you need two guys. I do think you could get a, a Hap Hamels type guy and also another big pitcher. And nobody wants to talk about it because nobody ever gave this guy a second thought when he was here. Jordan Montgomery is a was a key loss to this team right now. Yeah, I agree because even if he wasn't dominant, he gave you consistency. You knew what you were going to get almost every time out there. You with knew him. you were going to get six innings and three runs from him. Right, six innings, sometimes and four, whatever, but enough to to keep this team in a ball game. And you just don't have that with Herman. That's what you appreciate. That's what I would appreciate about a guy like Montgomery. You knew he would be in that five and two thirds to seven innings range every time out, and he would be in that two to four runs allowed range every time out. So you knew how to game plan as a fan, as 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 the manager, what you needed when he was on the mound. Every time Sonny Gray takes the mound, it's a goddamn crapshoot. You have no idea if he's going to give up eight runs in the first inning or give you seven scoreless. Right. Her Domingo Herman is a friggin' crapshoot where you have no idea if he's going to get if he's even going to get through three innings. And you know what? I hate to say it because he's been so great this year for us for what we expect out of him, but CC is almost the same way in a sense that because he's this new finesse pitcher and. Whatever, you just don't know if he's not going to have it that night. I haven't been able to watch CC for the last two years without just in my back of my head. is Like just, waiting for oh, that inning. Yep. But does I, he ever? No. It's no, he crazy. just doesn't. I know, he but doesn't. still you have that thought. Yeah. I think there's it's four guys. It's not fair. It's not fair to have it, but you always have that thought with Honestly, CC on the mound. Honestly, with the way he's backed up 2017 with this year... I don't have that thought in my mind. Really? Anybody can go out there and get shoved. We've seen Luis Severino had two back-to-back poor starts. But I don't have that thought in my mind where I'm thinking, oh, CeCe's going to give up eight tonight. Well, the key to CeCe is just that they just don't hit him hard. You guys I know just there don't might be a hard. night where, like, tonight he gave up four runs, although that that play was bullshit. Oh, come on. That where he gave up the two. Where he gave oh, up the, Jesus Christ. That was, that was, ugh. I wanted to throw up when I watched that. But. But they won. They won. So, anyway. I have feel confident CeCe's going to get me into the sixth at least, and I'm going to be in this game. I'm going to be in the game. I feel confident with him. I That's fair. That's fair. I'm not saying he's going to pitch an eight-inning one-hitter, but I feel confident I'm getting into the sixth inning in the game. If Okay, I want to ask this question. If the season were to end today with the team that they have right now, Say they say, let's just also say they don't have to play a wild card game. Okay. I'm asking this more on based off of, I want to know who your number two. CC Sabathia is taking the ball right behind okay. Luis Severino. That's just who I was, I, just what I wanted to know. And I'm only asking that because, yeah, he might be the easy go to answer, but how good was Tanaka last year in the postseason? That's fine, but I. So won't. you're not going to, you're not going to give him the respect of giving him the ball. As a number Who, two. Tanaka? Yeah. Here's why I'm not doing it. Because if, God forbid, I lose Severino's game, who do you want stepping up to to even up the series? That's a great point. That's a great point. He's, what is? But his, what if Severino wins the game? And then you don't know about Tanaka. So then you, wouldn't you want CeCe after that? Can't you make that decision come game time? No. Why would you? No. you got to line up your rotation ahead of time. 
I I personally am giving the ball to Tanaka. All right. I'm not saying I'm not going to say you're totally wrong there, but I think that CC's earned it to be the number two. And I can't I can't argue that. So, looking ahead to the second half here, actually, what do you think? If you can even pull one out right now, what do you think the Yankees' biggest win so far has been this season? Oh. Um. What was the one when they were going on that stretch where they just were not losing games? Weren't they down to Boston or somebody like five nothing in the sixth inning? Maybe it was a crazy comeback. Yeah, they came back. Uh, they did that back to back nights. Where the second yeah. night they yep. lost. That was Cleveland, I think. I'll I'm try, not sure. No, I'll try looking at it. They up, were but... down a couple runs to Boston. I oh, know because they swept that series in Cleveland. You know what? For me, the biggest statement the Yankees have made this year is when they Sunday went to... night baseball. Not even that. It was earlier than Houston. That. It was that when they won nothing. Seth game. When they went down to Houston and they took three or four. Yeah. Yeah. I, if you want to talk about a series, I think that was a big statement in Houston. But I think the biggest win for this team this year was recently on Sunday Night Baseball when Severino went out there and dominated the Boston Red Sox after being embarrassed Saturday night and coming out there and completely putting that behind them. Coming out early to a 4 nothing lead in the first, doing exactly what the Red Sox did to them the night before, and Severino shutting the door like he needed to. Yeah, I think that is their like biggest shit the last two times. Out. He has. He has, but shit. he needs this break, and hopefully he comes back, and he's back to being Seve. And I, his last two, the last, the last time that he allowed three or more runs in his two consecutive starts, was basically exactly a year ago. Yes. So maybe he just needs a little break at this time. That's what I'm saying. He needs this break, and he'll come back. And then, remember last year, he came out like gangbusters in the second half of the season. Oh, man. So if he's going to... We talked about it. If he's going to be better... Oh, my God. We talked about it, though. Seve made a run for Cy Young in his second half of the season, not the first last year. So if he comes out like you just said, and he's better... Jesus. Jury. Fuck. I mean, I think this game against Houston was my uh, favorite game. They were losing 5-3 going into the ninth. Yes. And then, you know, it's, uh, Walker led off the inning with a walk. He gets on, then Glaber singles for a run, and then Judge hits into a fielder's choice. Hicks scores. They tie the game. Yep. Or no, they actually took the lead there. And, and you know, that Chapman was it. But to, to I'm so happy you just brought that up because for the last 10 minutes – Something escaped me, and I couldn't think of it. And I just wanted to bring up the fact that our boy is now in AAA Josh. after telling after telling his manager to pretty much go fuck himself on the mound. Ken Giles is coming out of the game, and he turns around. He sees A.J. Hinch, his manager, coming to take the ball from him, and he literally tosses in the ball and goes, oh, fuck you, man, and he walks off the mound. Immediately. AAA. AAA. <laughs> They had a plane. They had a, they had a t- bus was ticket re- waiting for. Him. I was reading something, and I don't, I don't see how this is fake news. That the Houston Astros are legitimately concerned over his his mental state. <laughs> yeah, I would be too. Jesus Christ! Would punch himself in the face <laughs> on television. The guy single handedly gave us the best brawl of the season. That was my favorite. Honestly, that was my favorite win of the year. That w- they were With down- Tyler Austin. No, oh, they, oh, when they were down, they were it was tied. That was Gary Sanchez uh, and Gary hit that bomb. That was great. And then, ty- yep. and and then <laughs> they scored four runs in the ninth. 
There was zero and then zero, uh, right? Ken yeah. Giles pops himself, pops himself in, the right in the face. It was kind of like an animated punch. I don't even think he really hit himself. And then he had to do the whole bat bashing and so on and so forth. Yeah, right. If you're breaking down best series of the year, because that was a four-game series against Houston, they lost game one. Then, then they, they won the next th- two back-to-back shutouts, and then they won the final game. That was the game I yep. just mentioned, the 5-3. That comeback. was a great series. So that's a great series. That was a day game. That was there. when McCullers had a foreign substance on his uh, shoe that yes, he used he, it to cheat. And, and, he, that, and he sent us the video. Yeah, what a jerk-off he turned out to be. Huh? <laughs> that was the series that, that started that, I think it was, what, eight games? They won in a row? Yeah. Yeah, that... that eight or nine, yeah. Yeah, that that's was, when the, that Yang- was the series to, where it started. To, just like last year... When they swept the Cubs, that was a series that the Yankees said that they were going to be a player in 2017. When they went down to Houston and took three or four, that was a series the Yankees said, okay, we're a legitimate threat. Last year was not a fluke. I agree. All right, so other things I want to touch on in the first half. Uh, How do you guys feel John Carlos Stan has acclimated himself to being a New York Yankee? I think he's been phenomenal. I think he had a, a rough start. I think he would have had the same rough start if he was still on the Miami Marlins. And it's just something that's just the type of player he is. Um, I'm still waiting for him to go into that crazy stretch that he had last year in the second half. But it's not the second half yet. So here we go. But I if mean, he hits 270 with 40 home runs this year... Kidding me? Sign up for that every year he's on this team. You know? Uh, so I think Stanton has done a, a great job. Very good. I think he's been a very, very solid piece. You're you're nervous when the Yankees get guys like this that they're going to be complete flops. I would give him, if I had to put a letter grade on it, I'd give him a B-plus for his B first plus. half. B-plus. I think that's fair. B-plus. Because once that spotlight subsided in a way... He really started to turn it and on. And here's somebody called Mike Francesa up the other day. And okay. the call okay. the call was starting off really rocky, but this person made such a great point. Trading for Manny Machado as a rental could be a disaster for the Yankees for this exact reason. We saw it took John Carlos Stanton two months to get used to being a Yankee. Yeah. That's how long you'll have Manny Machado for. What if it takes him two months to get used to being a Yankee? And right? then by the time you get used to it, then the postseason Then it's starts, the postseason. And then right. it all resets. Yeah. I I don't buy into that at all. Um, I think this, But we've seen guys come yeah, here no, and struggle. Uh, listen, especially, I, I, I'm not going to argue that. But I'm not going to buy into that because it's friggin' Manny Machado. It's a fair point, though. It is a very Absolutely. fair point. But I just can't ever argue and agree with someone that bringing Manny Machado and putting him on your lineup, not talking about who you're giving up for him, just just putting him into your lineup, I can never say that that's a negative thing. I just can't. Could it turn out to be maybe it's a very fair point and it's something that you know you would definitely have to think about, but when you're penciling in Manny Machado in a lineup that has Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, mm-hmm. to write, uh, Torres, Hicks, all these guys that have just been great this year, you can't tell me that that's a bad thing. And you just can't. Since you had the Freudian slip there of Ronald Torres, yes. unfortunately, Bobby Mitchell, who is the Scranton manager this season, was asked only a few days ago if he had an update on Torres, and he said no. And which so, is I mean, sad. It's I, honestly, I feel, I really feel bad for the guy. And you know, you're praying for the guy, but is this a guy that is now going to disappear? 
from never Major makes it back. I don't know, man. I mean, who knows what he's truly going through right now? I mean, with I don't, his fate this year, does he disappear from? You know, this is not, this is not to make light of his situation, but Jan Hervis Solarte's wife died and left him with four small children, and he, he made his way back to the major league. So, I mean, I'm not saying this. I, I don't want to sound like an asshole, but. I mean, unless this is like some long, lengthy battle. Then... I wasn't saying so much of what he's going through with his family as much as I was how the Yankees have handled him this year. In a sense of, yeah, of course everyone loves him, but they made it pretty clear that Torres really wasn't going to be part of the plans moving forward. I mean, because you, you just had guys that were more talented than him. As great as he was and what he did was so... No, really what you had was you had a guy who played every 7 to 10 days and was always great, but you really just don't have a need for that player this year anymore. So yeah, last year it was great to have him and you know he took over for some injuries, but when you have guys like Walker who are versatile and can play first, second, you know, even sometimes third and... Guys like Jury down there and and uh, and Wade now who's been producing, those are guys who are playing a lot more than Torres ever would. And when we've said it a million times, when Torres plays more than you expect him to, he's not the same player. And so I think that's where you just don't have a need for a guy like that anymore. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, because we all love the guy and, and yeah, we're praying more, for him. Unfortunately, and his family. is that he's. He, whatever it is, it's more important than baseball right now. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so John so Carl Stanton. Stanton, B+. Plus. We got to get to the big guy. Aaron, Aaron Judge, Judge C-. Minus. <laughs> I'm not You're impressed. out of your mind. I'm not impressed with him this You're year. You're out of your mind. I'm giving him You're an really A. You're not impressed? He's such a bullshitter. Read his numbers. 277 bad average. That sucks. Yeah, okay. He was hitting three forty this time last year. I don't care about his batting average. I know you don't. Twenty five dings. He Boom. had like he had over thirty already at this point. Sixty ribs. He might have more RBIs this year. Yes. Ninety five hits and sixty five runs and thirty three hundred and forty three at bats. You have to understand something. This He's lineup, only, he also has a three ninety five on base percentage. That's, it was over four hundred. Last year, oh but he also but was, you're all, he was story. right. I mean, and all right. So now out. you're not as good as your best. You're not as bad as your worst. So you weren't bounce. expecting Aaron Judge to see, see for Christian. He's he's joking, by the way. Aaron Fuck Judge, you. I'm not joking. Aaron Judge has it gets the grade of an A for me. Same here. Give I mean, him, I'm giving him a B plus as well. You want to know why? For me, yes, he's had some minor slumps. But he has been very consistent this year. Yeah, he slumps. And you know what? The only thing you can say about Aaron Judge right now is for whatever reason, he is just a terrible hitter on the road. And he's got to get better. Except for in Baltimore. (laughs) Except for in Baltimore. He's just got to get better on the road. He's got to get better because there's just no reason for... Look, if you want to tell me he has, you know... 15 20 more home runs at Yankee Stadium that's one thing but for him to be batting 277 on the year but his road batting under, average is what, under, 200. under 200 it's like 160 
Here's why I what can't is give, that? Here's why I can't give him an A this season. I'm giving him B plus. I think that's fair. Because, and I love the guy. I really do. But he's not. He sometimes you don't even like you said this about Greg Bird. Sometimes you feel like he's not even in the game. When Aaron Judge is on the road, sometimes I don't even feel like he's in the game. Yeah, it's a it's a problem that he needs to fix. And yeah. And maybe I'm grading him on a higher curve because of what he did last year. He hasn't dominated the league like he did last season. He's been consistently good this year. He has not yet gone out and dominated. Right. Can you can you get his splits up for me, home yeah, road? He's he's hitting three fifty five at home. <laughs> he's hitting two oh three. Oh, he road. got it over two hundred. That's because they were in Baltimore. Okay. And this is pretty wild. His on base percentage at home, four seventy eight. Oh my his God. OBP on the road, three eleven. Okay, can I just say let's, that to you? Let's just uh, break wait, hold on, wait, let me just throw this one out there. Slugging percentage at home, seven thirty five. <laughs> Away, three seventy nine. Let's just talk about this for a second and and realistically break this down. Again, you want to tell me home runs he has more at home? Fine. Because not every stadium that they play in is a bandbox, right? But you're going to tell me that this guy is almost on base 50% of the time at home. Because they're afraid of him at Yankee Stadium. And 31% of the time they're on the less road? Afraid of 43 him on the road. RBI at home. 17 on the road. 17 I mean, home runs at home, 8 on the road. 12 doubles at home, 7 on the road. Literally, they're they're half. He has half of the, the and amount. And imagine if he was just yeah. just a fraction better on the road. What and, this guy's look, numbers would I've be. I've said it numerous times in tweets and on this show. It doesn't bother me as much as it bothers other people that he's like that because yeah, you play 81 games in one ballpark and then you play the other 81 games in different ballparks. So you better dominate in your home Absolutely. ballpark. Absolutely. But dude, that's f- terrible. Those are terrible numbers Here's, on the road. I agree with you 100% with what you were just saying because if you're going to give me any type of numbers, you know what? You got to take it with a grain of salt. The guy's dominant at home. But when the games matter most, you're not playing them all at home. And you need Judge to exist in that lineup when you're on the road in October. And that's why I can't give him I can't give him anything higher than a B plus right that's now. That's fair to say though. I, you know what? You convince me. I'm I'm down to a B plus. Judge Judge, you know what? <laughs> uh, you know, he sucks. Send him back down. I did see my first what I did see my first anti-judge tweet today. I don't care how many home runs he hits. He just strikes out way too much for my liking. <laughs> okay. Okay, so stop watching the game. Then. He's going to hit 40-plus home runs. He's going to easily idiot. hit 40 home runs this year. <laughs> He's got, what, 25 right now? 25. Yeah. He's going to hit 40 home runs without even breaking a sweat. Bro, if he goes into a stretch like he did last year, same goes for Giancarlo Stanton. He could hit up to 50 again. They He hasn't hit that home run stride yet. I hate being the guy to knock Aaron Judge, but it, you have to. If we're going to be credible at right. what we do, I have to call it like it is. He is atrocious on the road. He has to pick that up. I'm sorry. In a in a seven game series, you're only best case scenario, you're only playing four games at Yankee Stadium. I can't have three games in that series where, where I don't know where Aaron Judge is. You're two hitter. There's two, there's two guys I just quickly want to talk about because they deserve us for three guys, actually. Just very quick. Don't, you don't even need to bring up their numbers. 
just I think we haven't talked about them and, and they deserve to be talked about. First, Dede Gregorius. I mean, that April he had was beyond anything I've ever seen. Yeah, he fell off, but guess what? Dede's back. back right now. He's he's in a nice stretch. How about that play he made the other night? Oh, was he, it to end the game or it was in the ninth or something? It was in the ninth, oh, I think. Filth. Uh, Maybe he's not as good of a hitter as a guy like Francisco Lindor, but my God, his defense is beautiful. It's phenomenal. But Lindor is freaking no, Lindor's probably too. the best shortstop yeah, in Major League Baseball right now. He made a few errors, though, against the Yankees, right? In the yeah. first series they played against But But uh, the other two guys, real quick, Brett Gardner, everyone had him written off. He's too old, whatever. He's killing it the last month. That guy plays hard. 345. Oh, he that. plays really hard. I'm like... <laughs> and, you know, he was close, this last person, to it's being it. my biggest surprise of, of the year so far. A guy who none of us really have taken to. I mean, we all of us kind of have a negative vibe around him, but Aaron Hicks has been absolutely phenomenal for this team in the first half. Defensively, offensively, he's a switch hitter. Yeah. When he's when he's hot, he really lengthens lengthens this lineup. And I think he deserved for us to just bring him up because he has been a very pleasant surprise. And I think we are finally seeing that potential that the Yankees there's just, there's so many have always talked about. There's so many yeah. errands you forget about them. <laughs> yeah, you know what? The thing I knocked him most for was his defense, and he has played a much better center field this year. So I'll give him that. So, I mean, other yeah, than that, I, I, I think we've covered a lot of uh, what we – I think needed to talk about as far as first half goes. Those were the those were the only three guys we really didn't you know pay you tribute only to. Two guys? No, Who? I said Gardner too. Oh, you did say Gardner. Yeah, I didn't hear. Okay, Brett Gardner. What do you want to say about him? I'm just saying everyone had him written off. He's too old. Whatever. He plays, Gardy plays hard. Uh, hard. Uh, I mean, any I mean anyone else you could really think of that you want to touch on? You could bring up Andujar. The c- contributions he's made have been pretty impressive for a rookie. And you know what? We could sit here and knock Neil Walker. I'm going to continue to knock him as much as I want because I don't think he's deserving of much, much else. Um, but you got to give him credit where credit's due. When the guy gets playing time, consistent playing time, he has been a factor for this team, and it's exactly what they needed out of him. They would ho- we're hoping he'd hit a lot more, but this guy's not used to coming off the bench and playing every four days, no, five days. He's always been a starter. So, you know, it's just it's exactly what we talked about when everyone wanted Jury up instead of Torres, you know, earlier on. Who knows what kind of player Jury is off the bench? It's not an easy thing to do, and Neil Walker is proving that right in front of our eyes. And now, it, you know, it's unfortunate for him, but Tyler Wade decided to – to be a major league baseball player over this past week. And he's been the one getting penciled into the lineup and he can't fault Boone for that. I think Tyler Wade has, has come up and, and has done exactly what he's done. And people say maybe he was treated a little unfairly and had a short leash. I thought he was deserving of being sent down, but he made the most of it and he's back up here now. And he's, and he's proven to us that he's not the guy we thought he was. So I always thought this, Tyler. So to wrap this up here, gun to your head. Who's 
if the Yankees are making a move this year, you don't even have to say it. Just throw it out there. If the Yankees are making a move at the trade deadline, do you think that A, they're going to get a starting pitcher, B, get talked out of the starting pitching market and bolster the bullpen, C, get Manny Machado, or do you think D, they're going to do nothing? You really want to know my honest opinion? Yes. Yankees are going to get a big-time starting pitcher, someone we don't even think is available. Andujar is going to be traded for that pitcher within a package. And then I think the Yankees also, in turn, land Manny Machado and Zach Britton. And that is really, honestly, if you had to ask me what I truly think is going to happen, that's what I think is going to happen. And if that doesn't happen... Maybe the Yankees just go out and get a you know a B level type guy, and and Sheffield gets called up, and you call you call it a day at that. But if the Yankees are going to make a splash here, I really believe it's going to be for a starting pitcher. We're going to have to part ways with Andujar and Frazier, and probably Sheffield, but it's going to be for a guy that we wake up and say, "Holy shit, this guy is a New York Yankee, and we're going to win the World Series." And then I think the Yankees go out and grab Manny Machado and possibly Zach Britton. And why, since they've been talking to the Angels, why not Mike Trout too? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you asked my opinion. I really, I, I think, and the only reason why I say that, and everyone might tell me I sound unrealistic, the only reason why I say that is because Brian Cashman is sitting at the edge of his seat and he's watching a team that is more than capable of going all the way. And if he's going to make a move right now, it is going to be a move that shocks the entire world. He's not going to go out there and just settle and getting a guy and saying, okay, maybe he's going to do it. Maybe he's going to be our guy. No. If he's going to make a move with the pieces he has right now, he's going to shock the world. And that is just where I come up with that that result. I really do. I, yeah, I think their main intention is to make that blockbuster trade for an ace. I don't think that's going to happen because I don't think teams are going to be willing to part with certain guys. What I do see them doing is either trying to steal a type uh, a pitcher from a team and give up some B-level, C-level prospects for them. But what I really see this team doing is keeping the team as is, calling up Justice Sheffield, and adding an elite bullpen guy to replace the... Uh, inconsistencies or just lack of any sort of positives of Chase and Shreve. I think a guy like Brad Hand, who is a name that has is thrown out there, I just I really do see this team adding a top tier lefty elite and uh, listen, relief pitcher. And listen. And that's it. And for, Sheffield. For me, I'm not gonna argue that. I could see that happening. My only point that I would counter with that is we just got done talking about Chad Green not having a dominant spot anymore in this bullpen because of the guys that Boone has you know so you're gonna bring in another guy then who's who's that next guy out you're gonna tell me David Robertson isn't a guy in your in your I'm thinking of it in terms of postseason I don't care if they're right they're going to the playoffs they're 10 games better than the third place wildcard team they're going to the playoffs I want as many bullpen arms as I can possibly if you're not going to be able to add a one or a two pitcher, one hundred gonna have to settle for a four or five. No, I don't want that. I don't want that. I'll either. take my top four guys, and if they're struggling, I'll get them out in the third inning and I'll go with my incredible I, best bullpen that, right. that is in the league. And today. you know what? I think that is their their 
plan B. But just like you said, you think they're trying to make a blockbuster trade. I really believe that that is the on the front front burner here, and that's their top priority. I, I but I don't see them making that unless they feel comfortable. They're not going to do it. Like if they're right. hesitant about it, right? Like in in past years, maybe if they're hesitant, they'll they'll say screw it, let's do it. But this year, if they're if they're not a hundred percent sold, they're, they're let's I scrap agree. it. Our window's just opening up. We don't need to give up the farm. For what about you? What What do you think? I think that they're going to go out there and probably make a deal for, you know, so I I think he's just going to bring in unless that ace is really available. He's going to bring in just guys to be depth pieces on this rotation. Don't we have that though? No. <laughs> I mean. You're you're not going to tell me that if you bring Justice Sheffield up that we don't have depth. That's that's not a trade. You said I said trade. Scenarios. I'm saying, but then why would that trade make sense? I think we have depth. You think that they do, but I keep telling you that I don't know that that's what their plan is right now. If you're not going to go get an ace, then I agree with with Ryan here that then you bolster the bullpen. I agree with that too. I've been saying it. If you can't get an ace, create that super bullpen where you can start going to it in the fourth or fifth but inning every night. But you truly feel that the Yankees are just going to settle for some depth. I don't think he's going to... Because if the ace isn't out there, what is he going to do? I'm saying I think the ace is out there. All right. Maybe it is. I really, really believe it. And well, you want me to throw we'll a name? out in two weeks, You right? want me to throw out a name? Yeah. It, you've, I sound crazy. I'm probably completely wrong. But I really think that that ace is either going to be Noah Syndergaard, which we said months ago, please, or Max Scherzer. I think Max Scherzer makes the most sense for both sides. Because if you get Max Scherzer onto this team, you're giving up Frazier, you're giving up Florio, you're giving up Sheffield, you're giving up Andujar. And what does that do for the Nationals if you're getting Frazier and Florio back for, for Scherzer? It is allowing you to not sign Bryce Harper and still have two guys who are highly touted as major league outfielders because Florial is going to be a superstar. And Frazier, we've seen it. He's going to be also. And it allows you not to sign him. Soto is a left fielder. He's an outfielder. And you have Soto there. He's 19 years old. And you're replacing – you're getting Sheffield, who's hopefully ready by 2019, and you're – you're taking a team right now who is really nosediving. They're a game, a game under 500. Under, yeah. And I think that Cashman could make that make sense for them. I don't know. People say back to me, the Nationals aren't going to throw in the towel, especially in that division. I'm not disagreeing with you. But they have to think of the future. Do they really think this team is just going to all of a sudden turn it on? You're talking about a guy who's going to demand 300 to 350 million dollars at the end of the year and you're probably not going to sign him right now batting 215 or whatever he's batting. So right now when you can and that allows the Nationals to then trade Bryce Harper at the deadline. Cuz if you're not going to sign him, why not get something back for him too? It's a big pivot right there. It is a big pivot, but if the Nationals are in that mindset you can't tell me that Mac, that trading Max Scherzer to the Yankees doesn't make sense. Because if you're down the road and thinking about how you're going to rebuild, you're doing it in the blink of an eye by trading Scherzer and then going ahead and dealing out Harper. Yeah, and that could, be, up. that could be where their mindset is right now. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying That's it makes very sense. very fair in my opinion. 
game right. a game under 500, six and a half games out of uh, the division lead, five games out in the wild card. If they just, if, we'll see where they're at after the All Star break. Maybe they go on a rough stretch after the uh, yeah. All Star break. But I don't know, man. You that that honestly is a fair point to make because if if the Nationals do want to just you know turn things over and say we're not going to resign Harper, Scherzer's a waste of money. We have a young Juan Soto who's clearly showing that he You're has gonna some start sort building of around Soto. You're going to build around a young core and and start f- fresh with a really solid group. So that's where I stand. As far as hearing that, I think I'm the only one who has said it. That Scherzer makes sense for this team. People call me crazy, imagine but though, that's what—that's where Obviously my it makes sense for them. I mean, it makes sense. It makes Scherzer. sense for both sides. If you really think about it, it does. If they want to throw in the towel, then yes, it does. So, all right, real quick in under five minutes because I'm sure the show is running really long right well, now. We knew it was gonna. We had a lot to talk about, and it's one a.m. right now, and some of us do want to go to sleep. Not me. Well, I know you don't, but I kind of do. Uh, <laughs> anything on the Cleveland series so far in the first three games that you want to touch on? Yeah, I think I think really at the end of the day, like I said, you're seeing a little bit more resilient uh, offense back on the field. Even even last night, they came within a run of of coming back, and that's something that has been frustrating again over the last month or so. When the Yankees are losing, it seems to be it. Um, and they're starting to be a little bit more resilient now. Their offense is coming around. Greg Bird is hitting, which is very, very important, and I think that's a great sign moving forward. They also beat up on Corey Kluber. You know, a oh, top oh but he's hurt. Yeah, he's every hurt, pitcher so. every pitcher who can't – every dominant pitcher who can't take down the Yankees, he ends up uh, with an injury. Well, just him, it just really seems oh, like – David Price, his, oh. his tingly fingers. And... Honestly, I think that – that first game against Cleveland this series was one of the better wins they've had all year because it was uh, a start where Sevy just didn't have it, and they still they were trailing early, right, two nothing in the first, yeah, and they still found a way to come back. I really thought that was going to be a, a, a disaster of a game after Sevy gave up two runs in the first. That game was so telling on so many levels how much better I think the Yankees are than Cleveland this season yes. because Severino doesn't have it. And Boone can take his ace out in the fifth inning and go to his bullpen and, and win a game. I was just going to say that. And Francona has to let <laughs> him Kluber go eight innings. Go eight innings on a day he clearly doesn't have it because he has nobody to go to right. in that bullpen. And, and we even seen it last night. Uh, even though the Yankees lost, they brought their closer in. The first thing he does is give up a home run to John Carl Stanton. And then if Miguel Andujar had any plate discipline whatsoever, maybe the Yankees pull out another run in that game. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, uh, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. Because it's 1 o'clock in the morning and normal people are sleeping right now. I'm not normal. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> I don't mean to sound like an old man, but is there anything else that you guys want to wrap up uh, on the Cleveland series here so we can wrap up the show? I did want to say something, but I just can't think well, of Well, you can so. tweet it out later if it Thanks. comes to your brain. Thanks. So, no, I'm good. Right. I'm great. I think the only other thing I want to say is it just it emphasizes the need for another starting pitcher after Domingo Herman just again last night he shows flashes of what he can be, but then he, he really he's a guy that 
could benefit from being in AAA right now, but because the Yankees need him, he's up here, and he's pitching important innings when he really shouldn't. I mean, he shouldn't yeah, be. Yeah, I agree. I agree, but like you said, I mean, they have no other choice right now. So, for what it is, I think Herman has done an okay job. It could have been, he could have been much worse. He does have a five plus ERA, so. <laughs> yeah, but we've seen glimpses of, of brilliance out of him. Alright. So, so uh, here we are heading into the All-Star break now. We're going to be taking an All-Star break ourselves. We'll be back Sunday. Uh, we'll record before the Met game. So, you been like our little tradition now when Sunday Night Baseball we record to get the pot out before the Sunday Night Baseball game. So, we'll do that. Um, yeah, I don't know what else you guys want to cover. I think we've covered everything else yeah, I think pretty we're good, good here. It's a long, long episode. We knew it was going to run long. We had a lot to, to cover. But hopefully you enjoy it before the game tomorrow. So, we gave letter grades to all the players. What would you give the Yankees if you had to give them a letter grade for their first time an A an A I mean I'm not going to hold it against them that Boston's playing that much playing two games better than them when they're 30 games over 500 right now right it's it's insane it's insane and they have a winning record against Boston so wow so uh head to the uh well this is gonna you'll listen to this before the game to on Sunday hopefully we're gonna get this out I'll get this out tomorrow in the morning. Good job by you. No problem. <laughs> you want me to wrap up the show? No. You sound, I'm, you sound I'm, a little out of it. Yeah. I'm, no, let's do it. Let's take it home here. You want me to do it? No, I got you it. You got it? All right, bro. I'm just looking out Relax for you. Relax yourself right? over there. I'm just looking out for you. I was at a wedding today in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> With no service. With no cell phone service. My 70-year-old aunt was doing a goddamn keg stand. <laughs> So tell me about the type of day that I had. Uh, All right, so please check out the description of this pod for our social media accounts. Can you guys please follow Stack Guy Rye so we can give away these Judge yes, collectibles? Guys. He only needs three hundred followers. He's like forty something away. I'm getting there. And Patrick gave me great advice, so I'm going to use. Oh, that. that's going to probably be, it should be good by the morning. That's probably going to wind up being a downfall for yeah, you. Oh, I actually <laughs> just lost ten followers. <laughs> Go to nyysportstalk.com, check out the shop tab, get your Glaber Gone t-shirt. Boone said that he should be back for the Tampa Bay Series starting July 23rd. Also, a little injury update. Gary Sanchez is going on a rehab tomorrow, I believe. He should be back for the Mets Series, so the injured Yankees are coming back. So, I mean, offense, which is showing a little bit more life in the last few days, is going to get some reinforcements after the All-Star break, which is nice. So, Stack Guy Rye, you got anything you want to say, buddy? Have a good vacation. Thanks, pal. Nice and relaxing. Have a good time. And go Yanks. <laughs> Chris. I kind of like you. Say goodbye. Hey!